0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: And uh, Let's move on into the word of the Lord today and ask God to touch us and help us. Our text this morning is going to be taken from, again, the book of James. We're moving to, uh, through the, the fourth chapter, and uh, this past Wednesday night, at the conclusion of our study on Wednesday, we were at James 4 and 6. And this passage of scripture speaks to the fact that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And uh, so uh, we, we kind of left off there. We'll pick up there today. And uh, as we move forward, James clarifies what it means to humble ourselves to the point of being aligned or positioned to receive the grace of God in our lives. And uh, I'm, I'm always thankful for instructions. And I know that men get a bad rap sometimes of not wanting to read the instructions and just kind of diving off into projects and, and uh, maybe there's some guilt here on all of our part about that, but I really do like instructions, someone that can kind of put it on the the middle shelf and help me to be able to reach it. And that, in fact, is what James is doing. He's just setting some things about practical uh, aspects of living for God and applications of living for God. He's just setting it on the middle shelf where we can get it. And so when we begin to read now in verse number seven, the Bible says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And so while we consider this passage of Scripture, uh, there's a word that needs to be underlined in our heart, and that is the word, therefore. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Remembering that we're connecting now from uh, the other day, resisting that God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. And so when he says, submit yourselves, therefore, therefore is a word that refers back to what has been previously stated. And so what was previously stated is the fact that God extends his grace to those that will humble themselves in his presence. So he presents now the means to gain that grace and that means is simply put, submission to God. And uh, that's pure and simple. If we just kind of get to the crux of the matter, it is submitting ourselves to the hand of God. So James doesn't have an elaborate formula. There's not a 10-step program. There's not take these three pills and it all works out. It's a pretty straightforward, simple plan. That plan is submission. Instead of trying to complicate the matter, he just goes to the heart of the matter. And so since God gives grace to those who humble themselves, it should seem obvious that we should simply Submit ourselves to the will of God in our life. Now, I think it's worth denoting here today that we cannot even be saved if we don't submit ourselves to God. Amen. So we're not talking about something that, you know, we got to work on later or we'll just kind of start out this journey and we'll hammer out all these other details as we get going. Uh, this is, this is the catalyst here. We have to submit ourselves, yielding ourselves to the hand of God. We would never be able to discover what God has in store for our lives until we are willing to come under his sovereign authority as our Lord. Not my will, but thine be done. Oh, oh, how easy it is to quote things like that. And just, those things are almost poetic in nature. They kind of flow right off the tip of our tongue. But if you have ever been at that intersection, not my will, but thy will be done. It looks much different up close. It's not nearly in times, at times, it's not nearly as warm and fuzzy when we get right down to the heart of the matter. Amen, it is submitting to God. Submitting to God is obeying his word. It is yielding to his will. It's placing our full faith and trust in him. It's surrendering our direction. As a matter of fact, it's surrendering our future. And saying, whatever you would have me to do, Lord, this is what I'll do. I often refer to Ezekiel in uh, in ministry and not just to the book of Ezekiel, but to the man Ezekiel. Because it just seems as though that the Lord required of Ezekiel some very unorthodox things. Very strange requests that he made to Ezekiel that we don't really find playing out exactly like that in the lives of anyone else. And so the Lord says to Ezekiel, I'll just give you an example. He says, lay on your side. And, and he lays on his side for a long period of time. Forgive me for not having that exact number. And, and so when the Lord speaks to him again, surely Ezekiel, if he thinks like us, is like, I got through this. Only for the Lord to say, now turn on the other side. And we're thinking in our minds, how, what is, what is the rhyme or the reason to all of this? But it's surrender. It is surrendering our direction. What would you have me to do? And so by definition, to submit to God, um, is to resist the devil. Now we're, we're going to stay right here in the context of this verse. And so by definition, to submit to God is to resist the devil. The word resist simply means to stand against or to oppose and so there is no middle ground there's no gray area where we can kind of get out and swim around and and, and uh, do our own thing it's it's so important that we understand that when we submit to God that is to oppose the devil because he is opposed to anything that God is for and so when we submit ourselves to God then we automatically are opposing the devil now i said that specifically because i want to underline the fact that if we if we were to just try to focus all of our attention on resisting the devil that's going to ultimately be counterproductive we need to first submit ourselves to the lord i need to wake up every day not asking the Lord, what can I do to resist the devil? I need to wake up every day asking the Lord, what can I do to submit to you? Because when I submit to you, I automatically, when I win this war, I automatically win the other war. And so I'm gonna submit to him. Amen. in the first part of verse seven, submit yourselves therefore to God. This portion of scripture always overpowers God. The latter portion of that scripture, resist the devil and he will flee from you. I've heard people quote the latter half of that verse so often. We pull it out as though we're just a six shooter on our side. All you got to do is just resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That's not all you have to do. What you really need to do when somebody's going through some trying time or when we're going through some trying time is ask ourselves, if you really want the answer, here's what you do. Submit yourself to God. Amen. That would be far more. We we like that. Resist the devil part. That makes more sense in our way of thinking, because we're sometimes about confrontation and not about submission. But the next time we're going through something, we don't need to ask ourselves if we're resisting the devil. We need to ask ourselves, "Am I submitting myself to the Lord?" So many times we try to just that second part but it is not active human resistance that's going to win this we can't do it within our own power because frankly the devil's not afraid of you and he's not afraid of me as a person amen but they but he does know that there is one god and they tremble at the very thought of that and so when we submit ourselves to that one god it is the submission to god that puts that that uh initiates the portion that he flees. Sometimes we get it backwards and we think, well, if I just oppose sin long enough, the devil's gonna eventually one day leave me alone. Not gonna happen. He doesn't care if you're eight or he doesn't care if you're 80. We can't within our own power and our own strength just say, you know, if I just keep saying no, If I just keep saying no to the devil, one day he's gonna lose my address. The key is saying yes to the Lord and submitting ourselves to him and his will. Amen, here's the principle, amen. Submit yourself and the devil must flee. Amen, the reason for this is that he promotes, Satan promotes self-effort, always, self-reliance. You got this, you can take care of this. That's been his strategy ever since he rebelled against God. That was his strategy in the Garden of Eden. He encouraged Eve to just decide for yourself what is good for you. I know it seems a little dated right now, but the spirit of this message is still very much alive today. Amen, that if it feels good, Do it. If it feels good, do it. That's kind of the philosophy of the world. That's just sort of the boundary or the standard by which some people just measure or set the trajectory of their life. But I'll tell you today that we cannot ever yield ourselves to our flesh and my will, my desire, and what I think Amen, when we reach the place, however, where we completely rely exclusively on God, there leaves Satan no room for attack because we have yielded ourselves to the hand of the Lord. Amen, never doubt, never doubt that Satan does his best work with those who attempt to stand on their own. I'm gonna tell you when you're going through it, the last thing you need to do is stay home from church. You need to be in church. Amen, when you're going through it, the last thing you need to do is close your Bible and get to that later. You need to open your Bible, and you need to read, even if it doesn't make sense, even if you can't make heads or tails out of it. Am I making any sense today? Get that word hidden in our heart, and the and the Lord will quicken that word to our mind and quicken that word to our heart many times that has happened for us. And as we submit ourselves to the Lord, we lose the power of God. We set that free in our life. And then according to scripture, he flees from us. Consider this, Paul, when he was talking to his young son in the gospel, Timothy, he didn't tell Timothy to stand and oppose youthful lust, but he told him to flee youthful lust. He told him to get away from that. I don't think we should just put ourselves in weird, crazy situations just to see if we can handle it. How bizarre, how bizarre is that train of thought? The Bible says of Lot, in in the book of 2 Peter chapter two, the Bible says of Lot that Lot vexed his righteous soul daily in Sodom. He vexed his righteous soul daily in Sodom, he just kept himself exposed to the sin and the debauchery of this society. Amen. He lived in the presence of sin and was faced with unbelievable temptation daily. Now, while he managed himself to resist and apparently to maintain somewhat his righteousness, he unnecessarily vexed his soul. That's what the scripture says vexed his soul on a daily basis by being in that atmosphere. I would also add this, as you well know, that even though Lot was able to somehow maintain some measure of righteousness, he lost his wife in the process of all this. Amen, with with an angel holding her hand, Sodom still had her heart. Amen. And he lost his wife in this. And even after he escaped from the literal uh, boundaries of Sodom and Gomorrah with his daughters, we understand the vile nature of sin that were to take place in in the in the life of their daughters. So apparently, they were not able to maintain their righteousness in that atmosphere. And so, can I tell you today that it is not about what we can accomplish on our own? I know that you may not can help the atmosphere where you work. And so that's all the more reason we ought to be submitting to God every day before we walk in that place of business, every day before I go back to that uh, office or cubicle or, or, or warehouse, whatever it may be, every day, I don't know what I'm gonna be exposed to, but I, won't, I don't want to try to handle this, just manhandle this on my own. I need to submit myself to the presence and the power of God, amen, amen. amen. So what a high price tag that Lot paid for that, amen. Had Lot prayed and submitted to God, then perhaps he would have never been in a position for an angel to have to lead him out of that wicked city. Now we move to the underlying principle behind this. Amen, I'm talking today about drawing nearer to God. There's an old song, draw me nearer, nearer, precious Lord. Amen, there is a current, and a wind that is trying to take us away and create distance between us and God. I've said something through the years and I've always felt a connection, maybe not with everybody, but I think some people understand what I'm saying because you've experienced it. There have been times that I didn't feel backslidden in my heart, wasn't involved in anything sinful, but I, I did feel too much distance between me and the Lord. And so that old song then has some merit, draw me nearer, nearer, precious Lord. Amen, draw me nearer. Why? I don't feel that I've run off to Sodom, but I tell you, Lord, there's just too much distance. There's just too much distance between you and I, and I need you to draw me nearer, draw me nearer. And so James now deals with this in verse number eight, draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Now he uses some interesting language. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. We'll break this down a little bit. Amen, this involves drawing near to God by cleansing our hands and by purifying our heart. The cleansing of the hands is not necessarily a physical washing, but it refers to bringing our activities into conformity with the things that glorify God. Amen, cleansing our hands. Amen, it's saying, Lord, I want you to help me with the activities of my life. Let me bring that into conformity with the spirit of God, the will of God, and the word of God. Amen, the the cleansing of the heart has to do with the purifying, purifying of our motives. Amen, purifying our motives. And so I pray, Lord, help me every day And forgive me of my sins, amen. Forgive me of my sins and iniquity. Forgive me of my sin, amen, of actions and deeds. And forgive me of my iniquity of thought and intent. Amen, there are some things that can just get jammed up in your heart, jammed up in your system. And I need to pray every day, Lord, help me. Oh, Lord, every day, help me. You know, maintenance is a real deal, isn't it? A real deal. I mean, you've gotta be diligent to stay on top of maintenance items, you gotta you got to be very diligent. You got to be very intentional. You can't just leave that to chance. You can't just leave that to chance. Uh, in our home, uh, the particular air conditioner uh, filter that we use, I use a three month filter, and uh, I write on that uh, write on that filter that I change it on this day, and that means you need to change it again on this day. And sometimes, despite my very best effort. Because I didn't install a little blinking LED light or a hand to come by and smack me. Despite your very, very, very best efforts, those things that need to be looked after, intended to. Time will just kind of usher us right along and we'll miss that exit and we'll miss it again and we'll miss it again and we'll miss it again. That's why we gotta go back. Lord, help me and forgive me of my sin. Amen. My actions and my deeds. Forgive me for what I said. Forgive me for what I did. Forgive, forgive me, Lord, of actions and deeds, but my iniquity as well. My thoughts and my intent. I want my motives to be right. My heart to be right. my My mind to be pure. Hallelujah. hallelujah praise God praise God praise God don't think you're going to be able to do that by praying once a week don't think you're going to be able to do that by just blessing your food and riding down the road saying oh Lord I love you today somewhere we got to lay ourselves across an altar and say God I need this old man to die so that I can give life and make room for this new man praise the Lord Praise the Lord. Drawing drawing near to God is not a mystical process. It's the end result of some very practical things. The reward for drawing near to God is that God will respond. Amen. He said in verse number six, he said, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And so when you move, God moves. When you move, God moves. God is a responder to those who respond to him. Hallelujah. This is not a mystical process. Nobody has a wand to wave over you. Mystical dust to put on you. Amen. It is all about saying today, I'm drawing nearer to the Lord. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray. I'm gonna get in the word of God. I'm gonna read some things that are healthy. I'm gonna put something in that's gonna benefit me and not to Distract and take away from me. And when we move closer to God, God moves closer to us. Hallelujah. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer. Draw me nearer, precious Lord. Draw me nearer. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Praise God. In the Old Testament, the phrase drawing near to God was pretty commonplace, especially in Psalms. David in the 73rd Psalm, verse 28 said, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. It is good for me to draw near near to the Lord. Amen. You know what happens if you're in a relationship with someone, you say to your children, I love you. And you know what? They say, I love you. Amen. That just pulls a response. It just, you you drew near, they drew near. You drew near, they drew near. Amen. You say to your companion, I love you, and they say, I love you too, because you drew near, they drew near. Hallelujah, hallelujah. David said, it is good for me to draw near to the Lord. In the 145th Psalm David assures us that the Lord is nigh unto them who call upon him. Amen. To all that call upon him in truth, he is nigh. The word nigh means near. He's near to them who call upon you. He is near to them who call upon him in truth. Praise God. He is close to them. He draws himself to them. I'm interested in getting in the presence of the Lord. (laughs) Amen. I am interested in getting in the presence of the Lord I'm not just talking about what we feel here today but I'm talking about when I am all alone in my home sitting in my chair when I'm in my office by myself I want to be in the presence of the Lord draw near to me O oh God <clears throat> praise the Lord praise the Lord I wish I was 10 foot tall right now I just got something bottled up in me and I just feel like the spout's too small Praise God. And David gave Solomon some very sound advice and it would pay us well to listen and apply these words to our life. I'm, it's gonna be on the screen. I want you to read it. Now I want you to consider it, if you will. In Chronicles 28 and nine, First Chronicles 28 and nine, the Bible says, And thou, Solomon my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou wilt seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. This is not a one-way street here. This is not my way. This is not me sitting down with God, me telling God how we're gonna do things. Amen, but he said, David said, Solomon, you need to have a right relationship with the God of your father. Amen, you need to serve him with a perfect heart and a willing mind. and 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 here's something to understand Solomon is this God that we're talking about he searches the heart and he understands the imagination of thoughts he knows what you really are doing not in your heart not just with your hands and we can come to church and we can do all the little antics yes we can but God sees our heart I can lift my hands and say, glory, 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 glory. And I can just impress you right off of the map. But God is looking at my mind and God is reading my heart. I'm not trying to make us uncomfortable today, but I am trying to drill down on something that God knows us better than we know ourselves. And so I say, Lord, help me to seek you. And he said, if you will seek him, if you'll seek the Lord Solomon, the Lord will be found of you. But beware, son. Amen. If you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. God is not in the game playing business. God is seeking out a bride. My God, hallelujah. He is seeking out a bride. The trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ shall rise. Hallelujah. God is in the business of putting together a bride. Not, amen. We're, this is not a game. No, no, no. This is not a game. This is not a game. We gotta draw near. We gotta draw near to the Lord. Jeremiah, Jeremiah was like Isaiah and many, many others. They felt so unworthy. They felt so unworthy and they felt so small in the presence of the Lord. And they thought, I can't do this. I just can't do this. Amen. Jeremiah, Amen. Jeremiah was the one who said, I just, there's no way. I'm just a child. And an angel swept down and got a coal from off the altar and touched his lips. And the Lord said, said to him don't ever say that you're just a child again amen somewhere along the line Jeremiah got a hold of his bootstraps and he pulled himself up because in Jeremiah 29 and 13 amen the Lord promised him you will seek me and find me when you seek when you search for me with all of your heart with all of your heart what a promise What a promise. You will find me. You will. Amen. The Lord is saying, I will be found of you. I will be found of you praise God there's a lot of adults here in this building you have played hide and seek with children who were disadvantaged because they were just children and so you didn't you didn't jump in your car and drive four blocks away to hide but you got behind something real obvious and you said come and find me see if you can find me you know why because you wanted them to find you can I tell you that God has not removed himself to some far off galaxy when you go to an altar and but if you'll look, he said, I will be faithful. I will be found of you I will be found of you he's not trying to hide himself behind the mess he's trying to make himself available in the middle of the mess he's not trying to extract himself from your situation from your circumstance he's standing with open arms and just saying submit to me search for me you will find me you will find me Can we clap our hands to the Lord? Hebrews 4 and 16, the Bible says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. What a promise. Oh, we have all been overwhelmed with inadequacies. I promise you, I feel what I'm saying in the Holy Ghost today. Amen. We've been overwhelmed with inadequacies. The feeling of I can't. It's just out of reach. I'm standing on my tiptoes. I just can't quite pull this into existence. I I can't quite get my hand or my head or my heart around all of this. But the Lord is saying, come on, just, sir, I'm out here. I'm I'm just right here. I'm just right here. Amen, I'm telling you, the Lord wants to be found of somebody here today. Amen, there were some people last Sunday morning right here in this church, amen, that were seeking for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen, I want you to be encouraged. Amen. You be encouraged in the Lord. Amen. Don't let the don't you let the devil ride home with you. Don't leave him room in your automobile. Don't leave him room in your home. Don't leave him room in your mind. Amen. Because he said, I will be found of you. I will be found of you. And so what do you think I ought to do, brother boy? I think you ought to just come back again today. Amen. And believe God to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to wait for the altar call. He can give you the Holy Ghost sitting where you are today amen we are in the power of the we are in the midst of the power of God right now he can baptize you with the Holy Ghost while I'm preaching amen the Bible said of that disciple that while he preached the word the Holy Ghost the Holy Ghost fell on them hallelujah oh I feel something bigger than us here today I feel something bigger than us in this service this morning. God. What a mighty God. Praise God. He's a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Draw me nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord. <laughs> To the cross where Thou hast died, draw me nearer, nearer, precious Lord, to Thy precious bleeding side. Oh, praise God. I believe I'm in the company of some people that wants to close up the distance today. Amen. I believe I'm in the company of some people that wants to close up the distance today. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're not going to just be able to try to serve him on Sunday and try to serve him on Wednesday and, be, and get by. But God's looking for a bride that's anointed Monday just like they are on Sunday. Amen. They're anointed and prayerful and studious on Tuesday just like they are when we're in the house of God corporately and collectively. Amen. We got to draw near to him. We got to draw near to him. Nearer blessed Lord Praise God, praise God Shanyedamu Satara Maha Sataranama. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise, God. praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. you continue to pray today. Don't let me stop you from praying, but I feel like the Lord wants me to, amen, I'm not through preaching. I feel like God's got something here. Amen, amen. I I wanna be careful not to preach past moments. Amen, but I believe the Lord's doing something here. You continue to pray and worship the Lord. Amen, but I want you to attend to the word if you will. James follows this invitation to draw near to God. Amen, now stay connected with me now. I mean, you can be seated if you want to, but stay connected with me. James follows the invitation to draw near to God with the command, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Through the prophet of the Lord, through, the, through that prophet, the Lord warned his people. I I know we're, we're, this is kind of, some of this is a little heavy, but Isaiah 1 and 15. The Bible says, and when you spread forth your hands, this is why it's so important to cleanse your hands. I'm afraid we got the idea that church is just kind of like discount auto parts. We just kind of, zip in off the street and just walking off the sidewalk any old way and God is just so desperate. He's just... You know, there's a few places of business. I don't know why they do this. I'm sure there's some... I'm sure there's some kind of thought process behind it but it always throws me off a little bit. You go into some restaurant you know, it's like, welcome to Moe's. Welcome to Walgreens. I mean, you're about ten steps into the building and it just kind of you know kind of comes across as like we're desperate thank you for coming god's not desperate i don't want to hurt your feelings today but you know what if i set this microphone down today if I set this microphone down today and said I'll never pick it up again, God will just raise up somebody else because the kingdom is bigger than Steve. Amen. I'm not. I'm not trying to be crude or unkind, but I'm telling you. If you said today, "This is my last service. I'm out of here. I'm never coming back," I'm not telling you that we wouldn't reach for you or miss you or none of the above. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying here today. I'm not being uncouth or crass, but I'm telling you, Amen. That the Lord would just raise somebody else up and somebody would take your voice in the choir. You hear me today, Amen. So we can't just walk into this house and just offer God just whatever we think and think that God's just going to say, well. I'm just so desperate to get it that I'm gonna take it. Amen, here's what Isaiah said. He said, when you spread forth your hands, he said, I will hide my eyes from you. Kind of heavy stuff. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear. Here's why. Your hands are full of blood. You're not gonna walk in here and lift up bloody hands and think everything's just gonna be all right because of who you are or what you know or blah, 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 amen. So verse 16, he says, wash you and make you clean and put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. He's saying you're gonna have to clean up if you're gonna walk into this house and praise and worship me, amen. That's the very serious thing if you ask me. I don't wanna just think I can come in here any old way, amen. I don't wanna think I could just... Crawl out of any old bed and walk it last night and walk into this house today and just lift the Lord and sing like a bird and clap on time and feel the presence of the Lord and think everything's okay. He said, I'll tell you how I look at it. When you spread forth those bloody hands, I hide my eyes from it. That's what I do. Amen, you might be moving your lips. You might be lifting your voice, but you're not praising me. Praise God. Is this all right? I'm talking about how to draw near to the Lord. Amen, this is not finesse. We're not gonna do this with shrewdness. We're not gonna do this because we're talented. We're not gonna do this because we've got this ability or that ability. We're gonna do this because we understand the power of submission. I'm gonna yield myself and acquiesce myself to your presence and your power and your spirit. Hallelujah. Psalms 18 and 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. This is how he rewarded me. According to the cleanness of my hands hath he recompensed me. Amen, according to the cleanness of thy hands. Let me see them hands. What about that dirt on them fingernails? What about, we're gonna take care of that. What about that, what about that? We're gonna, according to the cleanness of my hands, that's what he's looking at. Not how, how much ability we have. You have, have you, have you heard them do this? Have you heard them? You know this. You know God's not looking at that. He's looking at the cleanness of our hands. Amen. i would never raised a, a daughter, and so I don't have a whole lot of experience in that in that regard. But we have raised one son, and uh, so you. You uh parents with sons can probably relate to this, get out of the bathtub and say, You got everything to take care of, you bathe? Oh yeah and then and they blink their eyes. And there's enough dirt on their eyelids, playing a little small garden. I mean it kinda went through the motions. He said, You I'm gonna I'm gonna reward you according to the cleanness of your hands. Did you use soap? No. Use a rag, no. <laughs> Did you get in the tub? <laughs> oh, these parents of sons, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, Heard one time of a, a son who just went in and turned the shower on just so his parents would hear the water running. <laughs> what? <laughs> Amen. I, I see our Sunday school back there and I know we're... They are dismissing earlier and earlier every Sunday morning. <laughs> Have y'all noticed that? <laughs> oh, my Lord. Amen. The ushers, they can do whatever they need to do with their Sunday school children. If you need to come in, that's good. I think they can hear me in the foyer. Some people feel that we can just approach God in any fashion, but nothing could be further from the truth. Amen. Paul. Use the condition of the hands to represent an external behavior of life. Holy hands, holy hands. That's why he said, Timothy wrote, I will let men pray everywhere, lifting up what? Holy hands without wrath and doubting. Holy hands, clean hands without wrath and doubting. Holy hands with a clean heart and a clean mind. Holy hands. (laughs) is oh, yes. without wrath and without doubting. Wash my hands, wash my heart, wash my head. Why? Draw me nearer. Nearer, blessed Lord. What are you doing when y'all get to church Sunday? What's gonna be your goal? What's gonna be your motive? What kind of program? What kind of th- entertainment you got? Here's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be singing, draw me nearer nearer, blessed Lord. Draw me, God. Pull me into your power and your presence. But you can't draw near to God with sin in your life. You can't cleanse yourself of your sins. Amen, we can't cleanse ourselves. We need to have God. But here's what John, 1 John said about God. He said, if we confess our sins, I can't cleanse my sins. I really can't wash those hands in that regard. But he said, if I confess my sins, he, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness righteousness i can't do it but if i confess if i submit to him he can do it and he will do it hallelujah praise god praise god he can and he will praise the lord praise the lord amen amen so he talks about being double-minded about sinners Amen. Doesn't now. Remember, James's audience is the church, so he's not talking to two sinners. He's just talking about people that uh, that need to repent and they need to conform to the character of the Lord. Their motives and deeds are, are not what they should be and what they ought to be. Submit. Amen. In verse number nine, I'm, I'm hurrying. Verse number nine, he says, "Be afflicted and mourn and weep, and let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness." Now, the point of verse nine is that the sinners of verse eight are in dire need of repenting and confession of sins and humility. And so he says, you need, to, you need to be afflicted. That carries the idea of being broken because of your circumstances. And he's talking about not being sad about something that's going on in your life altogether naturally, but something that's, that we violated the word of God. We ought to be broken about that. Amen. James says to be afflicted, to mourn, to weep. Amen. Weeping is a man, outward manifestation of sorrow. In verse number nine, he said, Let your laughter be torn to mourning and your joy to heaviness. And once again, the second verse reflects the first. Laughter and joy. It's out of place. You don't need to be laughing about this. You ought to be crying about this. Amen. I really feel that I need to get to something. So just stay with in the boat for a little. Amen, the Lord knows the thought and the intent of our heart. And so the consequences of genuine humility is that God will lift us and exalt in due time. Humility is the starting point of salvation as far as human response. Humble yourselves means to make low. A person submits to the Lord and then when we do that, when we do that, we draw close to the Lord. Now here, I'm coming to what I feel like the Lord really would have said here today, and that is the true realization of God's greatness and our sinfulness. I'm not trying to beat anybody up with the Bible today, but I'm telling you that we need to see God's greatness, and when we see God's greatness, I think there's going to be a quite a different response than what we kind of sometimes gather in our mind Isaiah 6 and 5 the scripture said Isaiah said then said I woe is me now this is after he has seen the presence of the Lord fill the temple woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts You see, sometimes we think just the presence of the Lord is just going to bring an atmosphere of yippee yay, yay But the presence of the Lord is a revealer. I'm talking to people that's been broken in the presence of the Lord. That when you walked away from that experience, amen, I'm not trying to take anything away from it, but you weren't clicking your heels. You were draped across an altar saying, woe is me. Because you see, the more a person sees God as He really is, the more we see ourselves as we really are, and that's a great eye-opening experience. Now, I understand why, and if our musicians will come, I understand why, and I understand how we uh, glamorize the miraculous, the miraculous power of God. I, I, I get it. But when you see the raw power of God on display, rarely are we not shaken to the core. Brother Gibson, I know I'm talking to, I know you understand this and others, but I've been in prayer and in the presence of the Lord, so deep until I was afraid. Afraid. fear. The fear of God, the respect of God, was frightening. Frightening to be in the presence of the Lord. You know, we think we think of the Lord like He's just old Joe down on the corner. Well, I'm gonna sit down. I'm a to or something. I don't. I don't think that's quite the, how that's going to unfold. We often refer to the miracle of Luke five. And and this is where uh, Simon Peter had been fishing all night to no avail. Now they've parked two ships or boats. The Bible calls them ships. They've parked two ships. They're on the shore washing their nets. There's a great multitude of people that come. The Lord asked Simon Peter to borrow his boat so that they can launch out and that he can speak from the vantage point of the ship. Am I right there? Back to the audience on the bank. So when church is over, the Lord said to Simon, he said, Why don't you just launch out there in the deep and cast your nets? And Simon said, But Lord, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, submission. Now he could have pulled his fisherman card because he was a fisherman. He could have pulled his fisherman card and said, now wait a minute, you know the tide's this and the tide's that and the moon's this and the moon's that, but he said, nevertheless, at the word. He could have said, now Lord, you know what, we just got our nets washed. We just got through washing it, got them all folded up. But nevertheless, submission. They go out and drop the nets. They can't even pull all the fish in because it's breaking the nets. They start whistling, hollering for the other ship. Anybody stop me if I'm wrong now. So come out here and help us get these fish and they now have two ships loaded with fish to the point that the ships are about to sink. Man, now this is a reason to party. This is a reason to be thinking and planning what we're gonna, man, what we're gonna do with the hall here. What are we gonna bend? I'm gonna get this. I'm gonna buy that. I'm gonna, but I want us to read verse eight. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. Not quite the response you'd think from somebody that just, I mean, they just won the lottery. I mean, this is it. We've got bragging rights from now on. And all of a sudden, in the presence of God, Simon Peter saw himself. And he said, depart from me. For I am a man of unclean, I'm a sinful man. Amen, let's stand, can we? I'm a sinful man. I'm a sinful man. So, if we're going to say truly, draw me nearer, that means we're going to have to take care of some housekeeping chores. I'm going to have to clean my heart and my mind and my hands, and I'm going to have to wash. I'm going to have to really get shaped up here. Amen. Oh, God. I'm going to tell you what I feel that God is wanting to do here today. I feel God is trying to arrest the attention of us as a church. To say don't just point out a few of your little key things you think you got nailed down. Don't wave that before me and think there's no room for growth here or change. But look in your heart. Look in your heart. And I'm not trying to make anybody uncomfortable here, but you know that right now there could be something in any one of us that is terminal. Right now. It's just, just, just right there. And sometimes those things are missed. There's no foolproof measure to the physical body, but sometimes those things are missed just because we failed to take care of physical exams and, 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 and just let, let an educated eye and mind take care and check. I'm telling you today that there could be something lurking just under our spirit that's just waiting for the right thing to bring that to the surface. But today, we could let the hand of God examine us. Examine us. Examine me. Push, pride, Push, pride. God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Amen, I feel something sovereign moving back into this house today. Amen, let's just entertain the Lord. Can we do that right now? Can we just praise Him and magnify Him? Oh, thank you.
0: This message has been brought to you today by the Media Ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7:30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.